Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. This is episode 177. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing the stories of servant leaders that are out there making a difference in their communities, in the marketplace. The good news, those people that are making a difference and impacting the lives of others. And I can't think of a better guest coming back for a second time than Mr. Ken Blanchard, global leadership guru, loving teacher and servant leader, sharing simple truths to enrich and better the lives around the world. Welcome back, sir. Well, it's always good to be with you, James. I just love your program and your whole mission about getting good news stories out there. We need more of them. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, I look at it as one of my charges in life is is to share the good news and inspire. If one person can hear this and say, you know what, I can make a difference too, then I, I think I got my job done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, one person at a time. Exactly. One person at a time. That's that's it. And I know, I mean, you know, you have such a, a, a large reach, a global reach at this point, And I'm sure most, I, I hope all of my network knows who you are, but there may be some listening to this that do not. So if you'd indulge us a little bit and give us a little bit of your background. I know you originally, you know, grew up in New York and then went on to UMass. Maybe share a little bit of your background with us. Yes, I uh, grew up in New York, New Rochelle, right outside of New, New York Rochelle. City. Okay. And and I uh, had a wonderful, interesting uh, background because I uh, went to a 95% Jewish elementary school. And Jewish okay. holidays, they put us in one room. And then uh, we merged in junior high school with a 95% uh, African-American school that went to the Supreme Court in 61 to test a neighborhood school. And, oh, wow. Uh, it was a really wonderful experience because uh, back in those days, uh, we weren't all uptight about political correctness. We just had a lot of fun with each other yeah. and, and uh, you know, playing ball with the other and all that kind of uh, thing. So uh, I ended up going to Cornell uh, and majoring in political science. I wanted to initially be a dean of students. And uh, so I said, how to do that? They said, you got to go to graduate school. I said, oh, I'm going to do that. You know? <laughs> so I applied and couldn't get in. But... One of the deans had gotten a master's degree in a little program at Colgate ah. in education, so he got me provisionally accepted, and I went over there and started. But uh, I had been a government major, and the education courses were a little boring yeah. for me, so I'm sitting at the bar at the Colgate Inn kind of moaning, and the way God works things, as a young uh, so- uh, assistant professor of sociology is sitting next to me. He just had gotten his doctorate degree, and his wife was back in Illinois packing up, and and so I was complaining to him. He said, well, come and major with me. I said, well, what, what's sociology? Right. He said, we study leadership in groups and teams. I said, that sounds great. Sounds fascinating. So that's how, you know, thoughtfulness I got into this whole field. And Wonderful. Uh, life is what happens to you, I think, when you're planning on doing something else. And, and yeah. then when I got on my doctor's degree, you know, all my professors said, well, if you want to be at university, you better be administrator because you can't write. And I, <laughs> I later learned you could understand it, and that was a problem. And uh, But when we came out here, we were at University of Massachusetts for six years. We came out here for one year on a sabbatical leave and ran into a group called the Young Presidents Organization. You have to become president before you're 40 years old and oh, wow. have uh, at least uh, 50 people working for you and $5 million in sales. And they kind of adopted us and said, what are you going to do at the end of the year? We said, we're going back to the university. And they said, no, you're not. You're going to start your own company. And we said, we can't even balance our own checkbook. How are we going to do How that? Do that? And they said, we'll help you. And so five corporation presidents volunteered to be our advisory board, one wow. from Oregon, one from San Diego, one from Mexico, and one from 
Pennsylvania, one from Illinois, and it just adopted us, you know. And so this is their 40th year of our company now. Uh, and uh, Congratulations. It's really, really hard to imagine because not many companies survive that that thing, but we ran into Spencer Johnson at a cocktail party, and he wrote children's books, the Value Tales series, the, 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 you know, the value of courage, the story of Jackie Robinson, the value of, you know, honesty, the story of Abe Lincoln and all. Yeah. My wife hand-carried him over and said, you guys want to write a children's book for managers, they won't read anything else. <laughs> and, and so he was working on a one-minute scolding with a psychiatrist, and I invited him to a seminar I was doing, and and he laughed in the back, and he came up at the end. He said, forget parenting. Let's do the one-minute manager. And that was just the beginning of the parable writing and yeah. all that kind of thing. So it's, uh, as I say, life is interesting. You can look at it backwards and, and see it <laughs> more than you can look forward. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm still having fun. You know, people said, when are you going to retire? Well, I wrote a book recently with Mort Shavitz here in San Diego called Refire, Don't Retire. Refire, Don't Retire. Make that's... the rest of your life the best of your life. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm refiring. Refiring. I love that. Tell us more about that one. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of times people think that they ought to go off in the sunset and play golf and all. And we took four areas that I think people need to look at. You know, mm. what are you doing to refire intellectually? Keep your mind active. Gotcha. What are you doing physically? You know, you got to keep yourself, you know, going. You know, and so yep. I have, I have a physical fitness team that's working with me and flexibility and all that kind of stuff and weights and and all that. And then that's uh, great. What are you doing spiritually? You know, it's yeah. not necessarily religion-wise, but realizing that you're not the center of the universe. And and then finally, what are you doing emotionally and relationship-wise? So it's pretty powerful stuff and. Uh, I dedicated the book to Zig Ziglar because when uh, he uh, was turning 80, yeah. you know, uh, and he was the one that told me that it was really the 59th anniversary of his 21st birthday. I, w <laughs> I was 65 at the time, and I said, Zig, you're going to retire? He said, there's no mention of it in the Bible. There's none so, of that. Except for Jesus, Mary, and David, hardly anybody ate or made a, 80 made a difference. He said, I'm refiring, not retiring. So I took that concept and dedicated the book to zig wonderful yeah that's awesome he, he's looking down smiling right now saying yeah, that old blanchard he's up to it yeah he's a wonderful guy he really was yeah phenomenal yeah, yeah. phenomenal and you you recently wrote another book that we have actually here the simple truths of service yes and uh, barbara glanz is a wonderful uh speaker she's been by the national speakers association one of their top people and uh and we have become friends but uh, she was working uh, for uh, a grocery uh, chain, and she got a chance to speak to all the hourly employees in this one big grocery chain. And she said uh, to them, tonight, every one of you go home and think about what you could do different and, and to make a difference for your customers, because every one of you could make a difference in this sure. one youngster, Johnny Johnny the Bagger, she calls him, who has uh, uh, was it had Down syndrome, and he went home and told his father, you know, what could I do? This woman said we could make a difference. So they thought, and finally Johnny came upon the fact that he liked sayings, and so every night they would pick one of his favorite sayings and, you know, put about six or seven on a page and then Xerox them, and he would cut them out at night and sign the back of them and 
when he would finish bagging up somebody's groceries, he would say, I'm putting my favorite saying uh, in your bag. And uh, it just caught fire. And, and all the other people in the store were starting to think, what can I uh, do to make it a difference, you know? And uh, one woman went to the manager and said, I used to come by here once a week. Now I stop by here every day because I want to get Johnny saying. And uh, it just shows that everybody can make a difference. Customer service is a mindset that mm. says that you're here to serve, not to be served. Uh, and how can you make a difference for the people that you interact with? So true. Yeah. And I, lo- I, you know, I love the simplicity of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, literally one person can make a tremendous impact that just has a huge ripple effect. Yeah, and that's what you're saying, because if you can impact one person, they could impact a whole bunch of other people, and it's a, that ripple effect is just fabulous. It's powerful. And so we need to keep on keeping on, because we need more positive voices out there, and so that's one of the things I've, I've tried to do with my work, you know, because I've seen, uh, James, all the great companies that I know of they think their number one customer is their people. And if you train your people, empower your people, love on your people and all, they get excited. And you know, 60 or 70% of the population, they say, are disengaged at work. And, but if you really reach out to them, then they take care of your customers. Yeah. And they're, they're the number two most important customer, the people who buy your products and services. And, and uh, then they get excited about you, become your raving fans, become part of your sales force, and that takes care of the owners and all. Because a lot of times people act like from Wall Street that the reason to be in business is to make profit. No, profit is the applause you get for creating a motivating environment for your people so they'll take care of your customers. Bingo. Yep. I mean, that's that's the scoreboard if you're doing a good job Yes. and you're really serving the people that matter, your team. That's right. Because your team's the one taking care of your customers and your clients. For sure. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, we have we, we have a small team here, but we're very tight, very connected. And we're always talking about, you know, our personal lives and what's working, what's not working, how do we encourage each other, how do we help each other. Because if you got someone who's dealing with an issue and it's not, you know, brought out in the open and talked about and they're not empowered and they're not vibrant, sure. how are they going to take care of your customers? That's right. Yeah. 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 You know, and I mean, back to the the leadership piece. You know, you talked about this. You know, you had sixty to seventy percent of folks are, are are not thriving in their work. I think that there's a leadership gap going on. That's and it's right. It's not just in this country; it's around the world. That's right. Somewhere along the way, we've kind of lost sight of what's important and what really matters. Yes, it's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I got a letter recently from a guy from New Zealand who I had met in an airport, and I sent him some books. And he said, Ken, you know the business you're in is teaching people the power of love rather than the love of power. Mm. And what goofs things up in organizations is the love of power. And that's when self-serving leaders, as they move up the hierarchy, they somehow think that they're more important. And they want everybody sucking up the hierarchy and not bringing their brains to work. You know, So if, if you're a customer and have a problem, and you go to one of these organizations, you're talking to a duck. And they go, quack, quack, it's our policy, quack, quack. I right. just work here, quack, quack, I didn't make the rules. <laughs> quack, quack, do you want to talk to my supervisor, you know? Because they're all going up the hierarchy where if you really get a servant leadership company where 
they have clear vision and values and goals and all, which is part of the leadership part of servant leadership and the responsibility of the hierarchy. Then they get to the servant, they turn it upside down, the hierarchy, mm-hmm. and they work for their people. So they let their people bring their brains to work. You know, I mean, uh, a friend a while back uh, went into a Nordstrom store to get perfume for his wife, and uh, the woman behind the counter said, we don't serve that, sell that uh, kind of perfume here, but I know where I could get it in the mall. How long are you going to be in the store? And he said, oh, about 30 minutes. She said, fine, I'll... I'll go get it for you and bring it back and have a gift wrapped and ready for you when you leave. He couldn't believe it. He went back to this woman and she had left the store, bought the perfume, wrapped, gift wrapped it, and charged him the same price that she had paid in the other store. So Nordstrom didn't make any money. But what did they make? Customer for <laughs> Customer, life. Yeah. Raving fan. Because good news stories spread, you know, yeah. like that. And, and uh, you know, you say, I'm working on a book now you'll enjoy uh, called Duh. Duh. Why isn't common sense common practice? You know, because, you know, I, I think probably the most important thing you do in organizations is to wander around and catch people doing things right and cheer them on. Yeah. You know, but when I go around the world and I say to people, how do you know whether you're doing a good job? Number one response, James, I get is nobody's yelled at me lately. You know, no news is good news. So if you know mm. nobody's complaining, I guess I'm doing okay. But nobody's out there cheering them on. Amazing. Duh. Exactly. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> what um what are some examples, you know, for you and your personal life of customer service that, you know, have kind of impacted you along the way? Well, I, I always really get a kick out of uh uh seeing really great service. Like you walk into a Chick-fil-A and it's a different place than other fast food places their yeah. turnover is like 20 percent versus you know 150 percent in the typical one and yep. when they say no problem or you know welcome and all they really mean it you know and, yeah. they, and they say my pleasure yes yeah, my pleasure and it's unique and simple and when they hire them and i wrote a book with the head of training there uh, uh smith uh and uh the uh, and i wrote one with true at the founder called the generosity factor because he's mm. such a generous person but when they hire young people they say look you're probably not gonna you know uh work here for the rest of your life but we're going to teach you life skills so that you're going to be a better spouse a better parent a better neighbor and all that i mean that's really powerful phenomenal powerful stuff you yeah. know and it's it but it really has that that attitude of wanting to make a difference you know absolutely and it's a, and it's and it's a commitment to service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. Yeah, it really yeah. can. Yeah, and they're they're not even open on Sunday, and they're outperforming all the other. Right, <laughs> they're working six yeah. out of seven days. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like recently, they got asked to uh, have some booths at the uh, Masters at Augusta National, which you know you think, oh, big and deal. They, they said we'd be happy to do, but. We booth would not be open on Sunday. They said, "What do you mean? That's our busiest day." I'm, I'm sorry, you know, we yeah, just that's uh, the Lord's day. Did, yeah, and uh, <laughs> so they, they turned the thing down. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. So wow. Any other examples of organizations, you know, that over time have really struck you and been like, "Wow, those guys are getting it." Well, uh, 
Southwest Airlines, Herb Kelleher just died about three or four weeks ago. Yeah, and, I heard that. And what an amazing guy. They their their whole issue in in their planes this uh, month is about Herb, about Herb and yeah. and uh, he was eighty six and just an amazing guy. But uh, they're so clear. You know, talk about a vision. You ask any of them what business they're in, they say we're in the customer service business. We happen to fly airplanes. You know, and what's your picture of the future? What are you trying to accomplish? They said, we want to democratize the airways so every American can be with a friend and a relative in a happy time and a sad time. That's why they're a low-cost airline. And then they have four values that everybody knows. Number one value is safety. They just felt awful that one accident that happened. They lost sure. the only person that they've ever lost in all their 45 years of, of flying. And... Uh, and then they have three values they want everybody to engage in every day. The first one is a warrior spirit, hmm. which is not combative, but if you've got a job, do it. That's why they can turn a plane around much quicker than anybody else because pilots are in there throwing out the garbage and nobody says it's not my job. Right. You know, let's get it done. And then they have a value that I haven't seen any other company. It's, it's a servant's heart. Hmm. They want people... So they hire for character, and then they'll train for skills. They're not obviously going to put a pilot up in the air who can't fly, right. but they're not going to put a pilot up there who thinks they're a big deal. And they had an example of that where when they bought AirTran, they needed some extra pilots, and a big pilot from one of the big airlines flew to Dallas because they wanted to work at Southwest. And the report was he was obnoxious to the staff on the plane, and, and then he walked in their corporate headquarters, and they have this big sign, we the people of Southwest, and they have two great receptionists that greet you, and he blew them off and headed upstairs. And so the receptionist called up and says, guy coming upstairs for an interview, let me tell you how he treated me. And I got a call from the pilot. He said, somebody's coming down here for an interview, and this is what he did. They didn't even interview him. They said, maybe this will be helpful to you, <laughs> uh, but we're not going to put a pilot up who thinks he's a bad, good deal. And then yeah. the, the last uh, value is a Herb Kelleher value a fun-loving spirit. That's why they mm. tend to have fun on their their flights. So it's a, a good stuff. Kim, we've, you know, we've, we've only got a few minutes left, and I want to, you know, if you're speaking to younger generations right now, yes, and you could charge them with anything, mm -hmm. you know, and in, in, in talking from locally to even like humanity and how we interact with one another. Yes. What would you say? Well, I would say that I think we're here in this world to serve, not to be served. And if we could spread that around the world, it would be a whole different place. And one of the things young people need to do is get their egos out of the way and and, and the belief that somehow, you know, all the goodness, you know, circularized around them. And, and my mother said to me when I was a boy, he said, Ken, don't do something good for somebody else because you want to get something back. Do it because it's the right thing to do, to serve them. But you'll be amazed at what comes back. And I think that if young people would have the attitude of, I'm here to serve rather than be served with my classmates, with my parents, with adults and all, they would be amazed at what would come back their, their way just because people would be blown away because they really care about other people. And I think that's uh, it, and it gets right to your goal. And if we could convince one person today to go out in the world with a servant's heart, they yep. can impact other people, and maybe we can get a ripple 
uh, effect, but we just need it. The whole world has seen the negative effects of self-serving leaders mm. in every sector of society, uh, and we just need to overcome that. And uh, the great companies understand that, and the great organizations understand that. And I believe we can. Yeah. You know, we got work to do. We got a lot of work to do. That's but for I think sure. it's possible. Yes, absolutely. You know, we, we, you aren't born into this world, you know, as a child of God without yeah. love in your heart. That's right, yeah. That happens along the way. Yeah. It can be untaught. Yes, you know, and, you know, you, you come into this world and, uh, and initially it's mine, 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 and so you <laughs> got to move it, you know. I, I'm a friend of John Calipari, the yeah. Kentucky basketball coach. And, yep. And he does an amazing job with these young people to transfer them there from me to we, you know, because he gets so many good players. He two platoons them, and they're on yep. the bench cheering their buddies on rather than saying, why aren't I playing more? Right. You know, I mean, it's just a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. And uh, I think they're going to go out there and be great citizens. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Service is the key. Yep. So thank you so much for coming back on. I got to put you on the spot. Can we get you to come back again in the future? Sure, why not? I'd love to. Excellent. Ken Blanchard, thank you so much. Folks, get out there. I mean, if you've read some of Ken's books, go read more. You know, we, we talked about refire, not retire for you older boys and girls that are looking to kind of rekindle things. Could be a great one. And then the newest one, The Simple Truths of Service. Um, you want to get your hands on that book and read it and share it with your family, friends, and team members. And at the heart of it, you know, take Ken's charge and really what the Rise Up Network is all about is serve another. Show up to serve, not to be served. And watch what happens in your life. This is the Rise Up Network. Thank you for being part of the network.